Well, welcome to the Price Law Podcast. I am so excited for this episode today. Uh, we've been a little bit showing up. If you're not on the video feed, if you're on the auto feed, uh, we've got Jason Budsock with us. And uh, Jay has an even cooler product background than Mike and I do. And that, oh, that never happens. So welcome, Jason, to the podcast. Uh, <clears throat> Jason, what's your, I, I, you're just the guy at Animal to me, but what, what is your, your actual title at Animal? Well, first off, thank you, Ben and Mike, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so my title here is Vice President of Products, and it goes from basically from product concept. So anything that as a company we have from product co concept, I help see through all the way to launch, So, cool. which is a lot. <laughs> so I have, I have <laughs> to say it's, it's January 3rd of 2023. This is actually our first podcast of 2023, which is really cool. Um, so I want to make sure the dates out there. Uh, so this is Ben Kane. We also have Mike Roberto, founder of Pricewell with us. So today we'll be talking animal and, uh, and some universal too. I also want to hop on universal because I think animal always gets the talking, but universal has so much, uh, I guess probably a, a good place to start is asking, uh, is how long have you been at animal universal? So this will be my 20th year. Wow. Okay. That's cool. I'm glad we're doing the podcast this year then. Uh, what did, what did you start <laughs> off at, at, at their doing? So I actually started off as a customer service rep way back in 2003 okay. um, and eventually evolved up to overseeing all the product development here. Did you just take an interest to, to, manu to I'm sorry, to uh, like uh, formulating and research and development at the time or because that, that's a bit of a that's a, that's a large uh, span from customer service to R&D. It is. So, yeah, what, I just wanted an opportunity after college and while I was in college, I was actually working full-time at Vitamin Shop as an assistant manager. And I had, I did that for four years, the whole time in college. And at the same time, I was studying food science and nutritional science over at Rutgers. I was like, what am I going to do with this uh, degree? Like, what the heck can you do? I don't want to be a dietetic, uh, dietitian at a hospital or where could it evolve to? So I eventually found an opportunity right after college at um, Universal, they are hiring for customer service and marketing, and I took a chance, and it turned out to be pretty good. I because I would say at a at an early age, it was great to interact with consumers because you yeah. learn their needs and just it's great to build relationships. That's actually the exact almost same tr uh, direction that I took. I was going to Rutgers for dietetics, and I was working at a Vitamin yep. Shop. I feel the same way. I think time and <laughs> I, I think time in retail gives so so much uh, opportunity and experience. Like Mike and I sit on social media all day and we watch the industry, but being like face yeah. to face with the consumer is is very different. Yeah, nothing beats it. I absolutely loved it. I enjoyed interacting with the customers. Every customer that came in, I loved talking to. You would have anything from. Uh, I would say like an old lady looking for whatever her needs were down to the college kid that was looking for the sports nutrition need. So it's it allowed me to develop a really wide knowledge base of ingredients, of what different consumer needs were. And Ben, I don't know if that's similar to you working at Vitamin Shop. You know, you just interact with a lot of people. Right? I yeah, especially because like Vitamin Shop has a really good sports nutrition section, but there's so much more to this industry than just sports nutrition. And I think yes. um, working at a Vitamin Shop helps you understand um, like there's there's a homeopathy section there's 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 other stuff to this that you have to understand you have to understand the body holistically to treat it in a sports setting like so a lot of people will focus on protein creatine whatever for for sports but like 
vitamin deficiencies, a lot of other things can cause huge problems for performance or bodybuilding or whatever it is that you're doing as well. Yep, exactly. And I would say that sort of shaped how I did some of the product development early on with Animal that it wasn't all about pre-workouts. Well, at the time, pre-workouts weren't exactly a thing, but I came in with more of a, a wellness knowledge. So things like Animal Omega early on, Animal Flex. 2006, we launched Animal Flex uh, for a sports nutrition brand when joint products really weren't a thing in sports nutrition. That was pretty big, and it became one of our uh, top selling products at the time and still to this day. Yeah. I mean, to me, animal has always focused on the basics and the things that will actually move the needle um, instead of putting too much time into things that you really couldn't count on for a difference. Like I, to me, like the things that aren't sexy were the things that animal did well, like flex and Omega and stuff like who, I don't know almost any athletes that care about their omegas from different sources, but like I knew a lot of bodybuilders that were taking animal omega and there's a lot of different great fast sources in that product more than just your normal typical fish oil. Yeah. I think, I think you can do an incredible case study on how epic the animal branding is um, from animal pack all the way to the cage and all that other stuff like this. It's, it's the brand I'm wearing an animal shirt. Now these are some of my favorite shirts to wear. And I'm probably going to have to ask for some more because they're falling apart. It's, it's a fantastic brand. And I'll tell you when I first started coding price plow in 2007, um, it was the, the version one, which was thrown into the dumpster, but the first brand and first product that I put into the system, optimal nutrition, 100% whey protein. It was my goal to organize that after that came animal pack animal pack was, um, is a huge thing. And that brings you into the rest of the family. You realize, oh, wow, like, okay, universal nutrition has a ton of stuff covering a ton of bases. And then over the course of time, yeah, we got into storm and torrent and all these different products. And uh, it, it's been, it's been so much fun following you. And like, I, I feel like, you know, we've talked a few times over the years and at conventions and seen each other and everything, but I've been like, we've been like secretly quietly stalking you for literally <laughs> over a decade. And so that's why I'm excited about this that's podcast really cool. because like edible pack, I made a whole section on that first website dedicated to animal pack 25 years. Of, it was like, it's, it's incredible. That's so awesome. that's all I want to say. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I want to, um, yeah, want to talk about the history as well as uh, get into the future and everything too. So yeah, thanks for being here. Thanks, Mike. I really appreciate hearing that. I didn't realize you guys had looked into us so deeply. I really, I really appreciate that. <laughs> oh yeah. Me. Well, if, I, I wanted to say that right now. If you, and folks, go into um, Universal USA's Instagram, scroll all the way down. I'm talking about 2012, 2013 years, dude. I, I always say like those were just some glory, like glory days where you were rolling with a crew. And I'm not sure if you were in a lot of those pictures, but there's basically a crew just going around the world, spreading the gospel of animal and universal USA. And to me, it's like some of my most favorite, like, um, reminiscent moments. I'm kind of a reminiscent person a little bit. And, uh, and, and so I, I, I realized that a lot of brands aren't really doing that as much like rolling crew deep, you know, like you see all these, Back then, Instagram, people had the filtered pictures and everything, but yeah. um, and you guys were just posting just like fun, awesome moments of a crew. And I, I kind of like, you know, running an online business where we're scattered all over the country, we don't get to do that as much, but I, it's, it's, uh, it makes me a little bit jealous. Like you have, you have the crew and that, that's what I think is just <laughs> so awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I would, I always joke, um, with Eric who, who, uh, worked here for a long time, Eric Schwartz, natural guy on, um, social media, but we call ourselves the original lifestyle brand. I know it gets tossed around a lot 
Um, and there's some really fantastic brands like Ghost that does great lifestyle and some other brands as well. But we always say that we predated them, but we always wish that we can do a better job. That's what that's kind of like what we want to get back to, where we get back to products plus lifestyle, so that as we evolve, it's getting. Uh, more into lifestyle and giving back to the community as well to show this. It is a fun lifestyle. It doesn't always have to be super serious. Um, at times, yes, when you're getting ready for competitions and things, but there's more to it. And we want to show that again. That's so funny that you guys say that because I've been saying that as well. Um, someone kind of had stated an unpopular opinion that 5% was the original lifestyle brand. Um, and I was like, oh, I take that a step further. It was Animal. Like, like, and like to me, like I had, you, yeah. like I, I had Frank McGrath animal posters up in my bedroom. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yes. like, like every, on my way up, every single person that I idolized was at some point with animal. Like I was originally very into bodybuilding and Evan Santapani, who still is actually came back, but, and Frank McGrath were yeah. like, th that was the duo. Like I remember seeing them train at powerhouse in Hamilton. And it was like the coolest thing in the world to see that in person. Um, and then when I started getting into powerlifting, it was even like deeper with, with animal, like you could go to like seminars. I went to a, a, a Dan Green seminar that you guys put on and I learned so much. And like, to me, like, that's so much better than learning on the internet. Like you can watch a YouTube video, you can like read some tips somewhere, but like the fact that animal was bringing these behemoths to kids and transferring that knowledge. Like that was like the ultimate lifestyle, like, like getting to wear the, the yellow animal iconic shirt, like back when I graduated high school, I was going into yeah. college. Like that was like the coolest thing in the world. You know, like everyone had one of those yellow shirts. That, it, yeah, the goal was always to, to give back because you could always take any product out there, but really to have a memorable memorable type of brand is that you want to give an experience to people like with the cage with yeah. the animal barbell club events with um educational events you take that with you and it's like you remember that for a long time for the rest of your, your life probably yeah, yeah i'd what, argue uh, animal pack itself is a memorable experience because you're taking like nine pills in this baggie <laughs> the baggies <laughs> itself was a new thing i mean i don't know maybe someone came up with it first i'm not gonna say that but like no one was doing that stuff for the most part um Back yeah. when like people oftentimes wouldn't want to take more than two capsules and you come out with this bag of nine and then with Omega uh, cuts, like all these different products have multiple pills, a lot of times doing multiple different things. You could take one out if you don't like. Uh, and so like that, that whole idea, like the whole experience, there is an experience built into just even like having to use the product. Whereas other things are like whatever, two boring capsules or a, a scoop, you know, that animal pack definitely brought an experience. And can you get down an entire animal pack or even two entire animal packs <laughs> in one gulp? That's like a, a fun little challenge. The challenge. Uh, you're, you're right. The goal, yeah, with, with animal pack started it all for us. It was the, I don't know if it was the first pack ever in the marketplace, but for us, it just kind of branched off from there. It was animal pack and then you had animal cuts, animal stack, and we built the wellness products into the mix. And the goal was always, it wasn't just one or two capsules. It was to make sure that as we formulated a product, you're putting multiple uh, products and benefits into one. So if you did animal cuts, it's going to be, you know, more than a fat burn. It's going to have appetite suppress. It's going to have a diuretic. It's going to have um, thyroid support, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So it's, that's kind of our approach with the animal packs. Did you have a... I remember thinking of pre-workouts back at that point. I think of shock therapy. Did you have an animal pre-workout at that time? Because I, I only remember Fury. Before that, I can't remember. So 
let me see. The very first animal pre-workout was Rage. So in yes. 2011, we launched Animal Rage, and that was crazy. Like that was yes. really strong. The the one thing at the time, like now you see all these flavor collaborations, flavors, everything, just about everything. I, I shouldn't say everything, but it's really high on the list. Back then for us, when we were on the forums, we developed supplements solely based on formula. Flavor was like secondary. It was like, yeah. hey, if you could tolerate it, just drink it quick. Like drink it like a shot. So that's Animal Rage 2011. 2010, we spent building it up. We sent out multiple batches on our forum yeah first batch was taste it tasted horrible so the second batch still tasted a little rough but man people loved the formula we just went right to launch and that did really well for us but it's one of those things where at the time we had some issues with like clumping that we didn't realize the technology of like hey you really got to make sure that you add some flow um ingredients so that it doesn't stick together so we had some issues in the marketplace but people still talk about that product to this day can yeah, I ask rage. what's what's the difference between flavoring in 2010 and 2020? Like, you, I mean, you went to school for food science. Like, there was some science out there. Did the technology improve, or was it just the fact that people like yourself started to pay attention to the flavor? Yeah, I, I would say probably a little bit of both. Where the technology with the flavor companies has drastically improved. They've really stepped up their game. I want to say back in 2000s, 2010, there weren't that many flavor companies okay. around. And you so you're kind of stuck with whatever you can get at the time. But now that consumers led the drive towards great flavors, so many flavor companies stepped up to the challenge. And there's some really good ones that we work with. And I'm sure in the industry that a mm -hmm. lot of people work with um, these flavor companies, and they just made it our life so much easier in terms of flavoring. There still is some like tricks that you can do with like certain acids that you play with, with the ratio of the sweeteners, uh, not going too heavy on flavoring. Cause some comp like we try a bunch of flavors. Some companies go crazy with the flavoring and it's like, Whoa, like, okay, we get it. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, it's, it's finding that balance. And, con and then once you find it, you try to take that base that you come up with and you transfer it to different products and you, you know, it's going to change a little bit depending on a pre-workout versus say like an amino products a little bit easier to flavor certain ingredients it, it depends but it's gotten one so thing, much better one thing i wanted to mention is that you do i'm not sure if it's 100 percent, but you manufacture your own your own supplements there so yes. you also so yeah I, I like to make that clear i don't think everyone knows that that you have your own manufacturing facility so i was about to ask when ben was talking about flavors if you if you do your own flavor you know you bring in support from a flavor house or how that works so it sounds like you you bring in some flavors but what's really cool is that you can you can tweak flavors on the fly and get a lot of feedback really quickly as opposed to some people who have to like wait for mail and everything like that or go to the facility you're on it on top of it and um and yeah. talking about pre-work us speaking forward to today I'm, i've been using animal primal i'm like Super excited about it. The strawberry watermelon flavor, I think, is to me the best flavoring and texture of a 3D pump that I've had yet. So it seems like you you did a better job than what I've you know than the alternatives I've had with that ingredient. And uh, so yeah, I'm very happy. And awesome. I, you can tell like some work went into that. So yeah, a lot. It's a lot of it is learned knowledge over the years. Uh, I have to admit, where 
I was a little stubborn having other flavor houses flavor our products. But in terms of like the more projects you take on, it's like, okay, I need some outside help where we can't do everything in-house. That it's a balance where we'll work with flavor houses where, hey, can you help us with this? And then they'll send us the components and then we'll maybe tweak it. Maybe we'll go with it. But for the longest time, it was basically, let's just do it here. Like, let's get flavoring. We already have our sweeteners. We have uh, citric acid, malic acid. Let's do it ourselves. And so I would say as time evolved in so many projects on your plate, we opened up the door to having other flavor houses kind of like work with us. And it's a back and forth process. But like you said, Mike, where we could go right to the lab and just tweak something and put it together really fast where we don't have to wait in the mail if we don't want to. How has your how has your research and development uh, thought process or like like how has it changed over the years? Like in twenty you know twenty ten during those kinds of days versus these kinds of days, are you are you handed uh, goals for products from a certain person and and you're like kind of tunnel vision? I got to fix this, or do they let you kind of watch the industry and make decisions? I, I also assume the team. The t- I know the team has changed over the years, so I assume your role in that team has also changed, but how has that changed over the years? So yeah, it has changed over the years. I would say in the beginning, it was a lot easier. The less products you have in your brand, it's much easier to, hey, let's just do this. Let's Mm -hmm. do this. I like to use this. So let's launch uh, Animal Test or let's launch whatever product it is at the time. Uh, Now that we have a very full and extensive line, it's more challenging. So you really have to stay on top of trends. It's good because I feel like as an athlete, as someone who loves the industry, we're always looking out and we kind of know what we want as consumers ourselves, especially my, especially myself, that that's one guide. And then it's also like doing market research. Hey, what's, uh, what are the trends um, in the marketplace? Let's make sure that we're staying on top of trends. Let's talk to consumers. Uh, You know, let's use our Facebook group. Let's, uh, message consumers on Instagram. Let's do uh, email polls. So it's like, I think it's multifaceted the way that we have to look at our data. And then internal, we have we do, we do have a new CEO that'll have um, his ideas. We have a guy on the marketing side, he'll have his ideas. Sales is like, hey, we're seeing uh, creatine capsule selling. Can we launch a creatine capsule product, for instance? It's like, all right, let's, uh, let's be open. Let's do some, uh, we have to make sure that we're making money at the end of the day. So it's like we have to run some financials to make sure it's a good opportunity. Um, versus early on, we're taking a lot more chances. Now we have to be much more strategic because there's an opportunity cost to everything that you do, time, resources, um, storage, all that stuff. So I would say that it's evolved to be a little bit more strategic. I believe that. I remember you had Stack, M Stack. Uh, <laughs> I think you had multiple stacks. Uh, Universal itself, like if you went to like the whey protein section at Universal, there were like eight different whey proteins. And I mean, for athletes like yourself who know what they're looking for, that's a dream. Yes. You know, but for consumers trying to have a really easy process on your website. And I remember like as a kid, like, like I want, you know, I want Animal Universal. It's the only thing I want to take. And I go to the site and it's like, I just want a pre-workout, but there's like six different pre-workouts. It's difficult to understand the difference between them because people like yourself really understand the weeds and seeds about these ingredients. 
but you have a lot of consumers that are like, I, I don't know. I just like, I like Frank McGrath and I want to support his company, you know? So yep. it looking back now at your, like that stack behind you, like all that stuff, like as an experienced person, I get like why it was so cool to put all of those together. Um, but like, I, I totally understand the opportunity cost because now your lines can only run so much, right? Especially uh, being a manufacturer that even becomes yep. another issue. So yeah. And you want to have focus on things you want to know, because you can only promote so many products. Yeah. If we were to promote every product, you, you would spread your budget so thin that you really couldn't do a good job on one item. So it's like, okay, let's focus on X amount. Mm -hmm. And same thing with our innovation and our launches. It's like, let's really, you know, we have a wide list of all these things we would like to do, but then as a team, we have to meet and sort of like chip away and funnel things out. So as we build our three-year plans or moving three-year plans, it's like, okay, let's you know, this doesn't make sense. So let's take it off the list. But hey, these shoes, like our uh, Creighton shoes are really doing well. So it's like, okay, let's get into more, more shoes. So you may see some more cool. shoes in the marketplace. Awesome. Instance, I was going to, I was going to bring that up because you <laughs> last year, so this is uh, January 3rd of 2023. <laughs> and so in 2022, you came out with like three new animal based creatine products. You always had a micronized creatine monohydrate, I think, in Universal. Yep. Now you have animal has one as well powder, but you also had these creatine shoes and then um, creatine. Oh, what's the, it's not XL. Is it XL? Yeah. Creatine. yeah there's XL. XL. Yeah. Yep. And so creatine XL has some extra bonus ingredients like the purple force. So you, you put out a lot of creatine for being 2022 and most brands already have a lot, but those shoes, I demolished. <laughs> I, I've never, I don't think since like the, the days where you'd load 20 grams of creatine per day, I don't think I've yep. ever ingested so much creatine as then when I had those bottles of the chews because they are they are fantastic. So you actually awesome. do you press those at your own facility then? Yeah, so we press these right in uh, our facility here. That's all. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if yeah, if you were already going to be doing that, I would definitely suggest more more of those chews, especially with creatine. Um, so it's not a chew as much as it's a chewable tablet. And so yes. little, little powdery, it's got a lot of dextrose in it, which I think is a great thing to take. And we can get into the whole carb discussion or whatever, but you know, it's a great thing to take with creatine as it is. Uh, and yeah, they're delicious. So kudos to you. The purple one to me tastes like purple Pez. So I was just like, yes. I was so fired up when I first had that one. I, 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 I don't know. It, it might seem silly, but I loved it. Cause it's like, if you're going to eat candy, you might as well get some creatine while you're at it. So. Get some creatine. <laughs> Anabolic candy. <laughs> yeah. And we see a lot of gummies happening everything. And that would probably take a whole different facility. I, I think that, um, yeah, working with more of these these types of chewable tablets is, is a way to go. Yeah, because our goal with the chewable tablets, we could easily like outsource some gummies. There's gummy manufacturers almost a dime a dozen these days. But with the chews, we wanted to make sure that we could still have uh, the right dosage. So it's like five grams to fit five grams of creatine monohydrate into a gummy. You would maybe you need 10 gummies. I know there's HCL, but we always prefer the, the monohydrate source because it's the you know most studied in our, in our viewpoint. But I would say that's the big difference. The chewable tablets, like you said, um, not, to, not to be confused with like a soft chew. The great thing about them is they could be more concentrated and you could fit a lot more into them versus a gummy. One thing I like about you guys is you really do focus on the tried and true ingredients like the monohydrate creatine, stuff like that. But you also have a few ingredients or products on your roster that are outside of the box or things that aren't popular but are very effective, like your desiccated liver tabs. Like, yes, we've got the Liver King talking about 
all these organ meats and stuff and it's like animals been doing this for forever guys like i i was taking 24 of those a day when i was at 22 you know like or uh torrent to me like we were talking about this the other day like torrent is like the og post-workout and it's so funny because like you guys sent me one and as i was pulling it out of the box i was like i took this product and like i distinctly remember taking it in 2012 i remember i was going on a date with a girl and i like showed up with the shaker and she thought it was really weird that i was finishing this like green shake and i was like no i'm trying to get big i was not big at the time i didn't have any business drinking a green shake in public um and so looking back i was like before i saw the panel this year i was like all right well you know this is like from 2010s like i don't really know what to expect because i don't think the formulas changed very much pulled it out and looked at it and i was like I would 100% still take this like right now, like, and I, I take it post-workout every day right now. It's, it's, it's a very cool product. Um, that post-workout sugar and, and protein, like it's, it's, it's real, what works, you know? Yeah. Real simple. I I'd say like some of the simple products are the ones that stand the test of time. Yes. That it's like, you can't go wrong with protein, carbs, some creatine after the workout, maybe some extra aminos in there. So it's yeah. like certain ones that they stand this test of time and maybe you improve them over time with, you know, some of the unique ingredients out there. I do think, yeah, I do think you could add in like a little bit of like estrogen that's an active post-workout there or something like yep. that. Things that, uh, you know, we've seen in the newer times that like enhance, but the, the concept is what makes sense to me, you know, like creatine, protein, sugar, maybe some aminos post-workout, like it's what your body's craving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unique form true. of leucine in there. We, we, we have some, and then since then we've seen like other newer forms of leucine come out. So yeah, it, it would be fun to, to tinker with that, but the base is going to stay. And that's, what's, that's, what's awesome. A while back, you had mentioned that like, it's important to talk to your, your customers, um, Facebook, Instagram, DMs, all that. So obviously the brand has been around for a while, Ben and I, uh, myself, especially getting older and everything. So the demographic of the, the original users who followed you in 2007, let's just say, uh, have obviously aged quite a bit as, and then you brought in this new demographic. So like, could you kind of talk about like, when you mentioned you're talking to the people the, the, in the DMS on animal pack um, on Instagram, for instance, what is the general demographic? Is it still people looking for strength or are, are they, they the older folks like myself who've aged and continued to train, or is it a younger demographic asking for something different? I'm kind of wondering like, what are you hearing from the, in, in the DMS, for instance? Okay. I would say, yeah, based on, just some of our analytics, I would say like our main range is like your t- 25 to let's say 40. I know it's like 25 to 34 or something, but 25 to 40 seems to be our main range. Though we still have a lot of the very loyal consumers that also have grown with us. But based on those DMs, yeah, you see a wide range of, I wouldn't say like 18 year olds, but in your 20s and in your 30s. That's that. That's where a lot of the DMs come from. And is the is the main goal mostly like size, strength, and you do do you do have some really good. I know that Animal Cuts powder was a really good campaign, still is. Um, so, but it seems I'm guessing it's more like growth than um, weight loss, but I could be wrong. It's kind of a toss up, and maybe it depends also on the time of the year. Right. I would say maybe maybe more so now we're getting mm-hmm. uh, inquiries about the the fat loss, so cuts is becoming really popular. But uh, I would say historically over the past like year or two, if you had to look at it, it's a lot of like strength and performance um, questions that we get. Do you guys still do um, any sort of like activations at local meets or 
like, like what kind of outreach do you guys do in person now? So that's what we talked about as a brand that we need to get back to. Yeah. Um, COVID sort of came in and took us off uh, into a different path where it's like, hey, we really need to get into social and kind of look at things differently in terms of like analytics that we didn't have the experience with. Yeah. And so we really focused heavily on that. And now I think we went pretty hard on that. So now we have to get back to bare bones yeah. of like what's worked for us. My, and so we're kind of putting together some teams that'll be working on that. My moment that I knew like, you know, the COVID had changed our outlook on like the industry and the activations in person was when the cage didn't come back. Like, to me, like the cage was like the coolest thing in the world as a competitive powerlifter. Yeah. The fact that this exhibition, like it wasn't even like a real meet, like it was just a bunch of freaks. Like my, I have a really good friend, Rob Philippus, uh, squatted at the Mars bar. And, and, and a couple of years ago he had, I think he like tripled 920 or something in the cage. And it's like some crazy number, yeah. just crazy stuff. And it's guys just being weird. Like they won't, like so, like like uh, Brandon Lilly walked up and pulled in like his underwear that one year. Like, <laughs> like it, it was not a proper meet. Like there were no singlets and clean like outfits. Like you, like people would wear straps. It wasn't always barehanded. Like it was just what is the craziest thing that you could put on exhibition in in this expo? And you have like yep. of course you have like your crowd of animal fans, but you also have like kids that wanted to go to the Arnold for the first time walking around with their mom because they needed a chaperone for the trip and then you've got like right in front of them like, these just absolute monsters you worked that booth a couple years I remember but you were you ever in the cage as well so yeah yeah I was in the cage I mainly worked um the shop portion where we would sell the products and all the gear but then they'll put the up at not 2019, I think was the last year that we did it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because COVID 2020. So yeah, the last 2019, 18, and 17, I worked in the cage, which was good. So those were good years too. Unbelievable exhibitions. Like Stacy Bird, cage historian over here. Yeah, I, 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 I I don't know if you're willing to say if you have plans to bring it back or anything like that. I mean, for me, just what Ben was mentioning, seeing like a young kid coming through, realizing that like this is humanly possible to like you know mm-hmm. have a bunch of dudes who could do this and it's fun and it's um a togetherness like some people are kind of searching for their tribe i guess you could say and yeah that is a way to say see like you know not everyone's going to um go hunting together or be on a, a sports team football or whatever like that and like that's like oh there's a whole other tribe here where these people are doing individual type events like insane feats of, of heroicism but on their own mostly, but with the support of a team, like I think a lot of people do uh, a lot of different personality types do look for that. You know, we're not all going to be a tight end on a football team. Exactly. Yeah. I would say the, 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 one of the quotes I heard about the cage from a lifter was that it's was different than even a meet. Like at a meet, you're supposed to lift your best. You're supposed to train so that you hit a, your PRs at a meet. But they said the difference was the crowd. The crowd is just insane in that environment that it would, they would go beyond their PR just because of the sheer crowd cheering them on. Like it was crazy. They're like, I can't, I've never experienced. It was almost like, I, I don't want to say a religious experience. I just can't think of the word, but it was like an, an experience that you can only experience in the confines of the Arnold sports festival at the cage that you would hit these numbers. And it's just me, amazing. 
as a as a competitive athlete i realized because i realized at one point i didn't enjoy competing it was something i did because i needed to as an athlete but i far more enjoy my experience in the gym with other lifters that i enjoy my time with and the animal cage was bringing the best of the best to do that together and you got to watch that you know like like it's it's like watching like a, a swim meet with Michael Phelps and the other best swimmers of all time. Like like, but it's you remove all of the pomp and circumstance of a of a meet and you just let them do whatever is freakishly humanly possible. Like um, it, a lot of times it was stuff that wasn't conventional too, which was what was really cool. Like uh, totally. P Diesel that when you did like five hundred for reps, there's no competition in in the world where like you do reps like that's not a thing like i uh, said like crossfit this guy was just like i want to know how many times i can do 500 like it just that you could never go to a meet and do that so it was it was a weird like subset of strength things totally it was very bizarre too and i mean well not to not to get too woo woo or anything but metaphysical but there is to me the 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 shared energy and you have like i've been to a couple a couple of meets and it's like, everyone's working. It's not a zillion normies around. I think there's something to it that having these people like gawking at you um, that are starting to get into it, screaming, hollering, like they're adding energy to the atmosphere. The Arnold's already got a high energy as it is. And like fun things are bound to happen when you have that many humans all striving for the same thing. And there's not like um, any division or anything. It doesn't matter like what color you are. Like everyone wants to like lift, watch this dude lift heavy weights. And like everyone's cheering for you too. So it's, it's to me, like there's this, energy component of the cage that um is tough to to explain <laughs> unless you've seen it and i'm yeah. not a power lift or anything but exactly. I, i'll walk by and i'll catch myself just staring there for let you know 10 minutes when i have like a business meeting to go to because you're like <laughs> you're sucked in by the vortex of energy that is the animal cage <laughs> absolutely yeah one of the most memorable events uh i don't know if you guys were there for this or you, if you saw about it or you saw it afterward was rob hall i knew you were saying <laughs> You knew what I was just saying? I, yeah, was Rob, and I can't remember the other gentleman's name. Something Warrior, Forsaken Warrior. Yep. I just know that's his yep. um, handle on the IG. Steve, I think. Steve, that's 600-pound deadlift back and forth. Neither guy would quit. And so it, was, it went back and forth for like an hour and a half. Um, I don't remember the final number, but they, they ended up doing like over 60 reps. Rob had to go to the hospital um steve had his hands all ripped up like these guys gave everything they had and that just oh my god like that stuck with me like these are true like warriors and animals like they would not give up everything I remember they you had guys did that over the animal logo and i remember the blood from steve's hands was all over the floor because Crazy. even after he yes. tore his hands they just kept pulling kept pulling they wouldn't stop Yep. What was really cool too, uh, that year wasn't as much of it, but the last few years before that too, and not really last few years, probably like the last seven years, you guys had brought a legitimate film crew to that event as well. And yep. you would produce, early on it was DVDs. I remember stuff like Journey to Capo and all that stuff was really yeah. big. But the last few years, you would put installments onto YouTube of The Cage. And I know for a fact that for like, a lot of my lifting time, if you look up like animal cage and it's IV, it's four. It was, I don't remember, you remember who it was, but I remember I watched that video probably a thousand times because the, those, those videos themselves had like tons of views. They just filmed 
uh, it's just fueled training for, for kids for years, I think. Like it was just, it was something that yeah. you could experience and watch that you would never get to see in person except for one time a year. Exactly. Uh, and you, they yeah, would try to capture the emotion, but the, it's, it's not hard. the same. <laughs> it's hard. You could capture some of it, but you got to be there in person to see it. It's just, you can't explain it unless you're there. You guys also really succeeded. And this wasn't just the cage, but the cage content did kind of do it as well. But capturing the the person as well, like Journey to Capo, you did a lot of interviews, like Talking Head style. So you, I remember like each person had an episode, like uh, Brandon Lilly, who used to be a coach of mine. And this really drove me to want yeah. to meet him. You had a whole episode learning about his upbringing and his training as a kid into an adult and what that was like for him. And you got to understand people at a time when like vlogging wasn't a thing. Uh, back in those days, you had to like go get muscular development to read about it. Or you had to go on the forums. I guess the forums really is a good example yeah. of where you would learn about people. But yeah, we thought that was so important to show the kind of like the humanity behind yeah. people that it's really, there's a lot that goes into this. It's the lifestyle. It's not just this guy's just, you know, showing up and lifting. It's all that goes into it. The blood, sweat and tears was really a big part of um, animal. You guys were also able to build personas. You were able to, to to build people like um, Hawthorne, the ant. Remember, he yeah. became a very large lightweight powerlifter, very well known. But his coming out was that year at the cage. Do you remember this whole thing where he he wanted to come into the cage and he was like, "I can pull that," and no one believed him. So you no one him believed him because he was a, a smaller guy, like in terms of his body weight. I think yes. <laughs> Mike, they were like, guy, "No, he can't do this." Yeah, they called him the ant um yeah th this guy uh anthony hawthorne he was like probably five feet tall i'm maybe maybe shorter 123 pounds i think it was somewhere like between 123 and 148 and you guys had like 550 on the bar and he was like yo i can pull that i can do that and no one believed him so they let him pull it and this guy becomes a phenom in the sport everyone knew for a couple of years um totally. like you guys had this power to pick people up and like make them a name just because they were involved in animal content I mean, exactly. Yeah, Richard. Like I always, th Richard Hawthorne. I always think of. I'm sorry. His Richard. videos. He would tap into like this almost otherworldly state. Like if you watch some of the older videos, where he would start crying, mm -hmm. and then he would lift, and it was just amazing. Like the amount of focus and whatever place he got to, it was wonderful for him. He was able to lift that weight and just like transcend into like almost, yeah. I don't know, another worldly. Experience and then lift that weight. I th I gotta really say, like my, my favorite thing about the whole all that stuff put together was uh, you had bodybuilders and powerlifters in the cage, um, yeah. and something that I bring up a lot when I talk to older heads in the gym that just younger people just won't understand is that in the 2010s and early 2000s and 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 earlier, like like in old school bodybuilding powerlifting, when you went into a weight room in a gym, everyone trained together. There was there was no divide between sects of fitness. Everyone was big. Like at that point, like if you went to a weight room, if you went to a gym, like you were like you were big, you just were. There were no like physique guys. There were no pretty guys. Like everyone trained to get big. And the only time you'd see a difference was when the bodybuilders would start dieting down. You would be like, oh, that's got that guy's a body. Okay, I get it because he's lean. But like the, in the off season, everyone looked the same. Like and everyone would train together yeah. and everyone appreciated each other. There was a there was a different level of camaraderie and an animal like showed that in a lot of ways to me. Yeah, that was a big 
goal of ours was to really capture strength training and show the different facets uh, together, powerlifting, yeah. bodybuilding, strongman, all those that they can coexist nicely together and each has their own story to tell. But in the end, you know, we're all uh, similar in what we want out yeah. of uh, strength training. Like Antoine Vaillant, like talk about a guy who like deadlift like yeah. 700 for reps, but then like steps on the Olympia stage. Um, Crazy. It, yeah, back then it was just it was just just different time. So, I guess the the real question from there is to ask like how, how with with moving forward from that, you now have like TikTok and all of this other stuff. How how does animal move into the next stage of its life? Yeah, that's a really good question and one that we're working behind the scenes on. Where animal is on TikTok, right? Like we used to joke that you know animal would never. Um, go on that platform but it's like you gotta you have to be where people are like why why wouldn't we now and it it seems like crazy that we were even talking about like hey would we even do tiktok yeah it it makes sense now and so where do we go from here or what's our strategy that's kind of what we're working on behind the scenes where we're trying to figure out how can animal evolve like we went in the past we never focused on products and now we're focusing more on product, but we don't want it to come at the expense of the lifestyle portion. So that's the big thing that you'll see in 23 is the two working to coexist that you can, yeah. you know, support products and you can show the lifestyle. And so that's the big thing that we'll be showing. That makes a lot of sense. It's funny because you talked about how early on you didn't care about flavor at all. All you cared about was the formula. Yeah. But I, I I also understand that that doesn't mean that you were talking about it in the marketing. Cause I don't think I had posters and DVDs and merch and all sorts of stuff. And I, I don't think I ever once learned about a formula, even though you guys were focusing on that over flavor, it was never spoken, yep. but that was also the, the, the status of the industry back then. Yeah. And especially for our brand where behind the scenes, like I'm doing all this work for animal, but, it's always been a lifestyle brand. So it's like, guys, what about a little bit of product? <laughs> like, can you, can you help us show a little bit of the product, the awesome products that we have? And so I think we swung it a little bit too far where now it's like very heavy on product. And now we're going to swing it back a little bit to get the, the lifestyle back into the mix. It's, it's hard because for a brand that's been around as long as ours, we're going to have... Um, we're going to veer off the journey a little bit and try things that, you know, maybe a newer brand has more focus because they don't have a lot to really, they don't have a lot of products. So they could sort of be focused with us. It's mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of history and it's like, which direction do you go with the history? Do you go heavy on product? Do you, you know, scale back the lifestyle? Do you go into powerlifting? Do you go into bodybuilding? Do you do this? Do you get influencers? It's like, where do you go? And that's sort of, the evolution of a brand that's been around for 40 years, you have um, good and bad baggage, I would say. And so we're just trying to fine tune it now. And so we we've had some bumps along the way, but I think, you know, we're only getting better now. Are you able to uh, give us any, any product leakage or anything like that for this month or for the upcoming months, like even a flavor drop or anything that's uh, hitting in January, anything? Let's, let's see. So we just launched, we, again, we wanted to, kind of like capture the creatin market. So we launched uh, creatin capsules. It's not going to be like a huge, like, hey, knock it, <laughs> knock it out of the park of, you know, moving things in the industry. But we saw a need 
um, with some of our uh, retailers that they wanted the capsule. So it's like, all right, now we have, you have your powder, your Excel, your choose, and then you have the capsule. So it's like, we got any format that you need with, with uh, creatine. We're going to go a little bigger in with whey protein. We're going to be launching, We same thing, a lot of it is listening to what our retailers or what our consumers are asking for. They were asking for value protein. Um, and so we said, you know what? Okay, finally, after all these years, let's just do it. <laughs> let's do it. So we're going to have 100% um, whey value protein that's going to be coming out. And then after that, we have, we're going to be updating animal pack, which is going to be interesting. We have an uh, updated new and improved formula with the number one pain point we're going to solve for. We're going to have less pills. So it's more concentrated, but it's going to come out into less pills. That's been like the number one pain point that that's we've had change. over the years. Okay. Yeah. So, so when one. you talk about, when you're talking about like the protein and stuff, that's an animal thing, right? Or that's an animal. Okay, yeah. That's going to be animal. We're generally talking about animal. And then there's universal USA, which probably has a, a large international presence and everything, but um, yep. okay. So yeah, right now you have animal way. Is that going to go away? Or are we adding to the, we're going to be adding to the mix. Cool. So animal okay. way will cool. will stay as is, and then we'll have the value. Yeah, uh, I remember. Uh, yeah, protein dropped it's in. been a while. The chocolate flavor was fantastic in animal way. Yeah. So I assume it still is. Yeah. Cool. Yes. I mean, you guys went with a. I believe that's a WPC eighty. Like it's just high yes. quality way, uh, and that came out at a point when like blends were still really kind of what the status was. You know, using a lot of like WPC thirty four type stuff uh, to up the flavor. Oh yeah, we've never. We've never used any of the the cheaper. Yeah, I, I did hear because I know Mark Leisure talks about that, where it's like you can get different grades, but we never messed around. It's like why why do that? You're gonna have more lactose. You're gonna have more digest digestive issues. So we've always went with uh, a, a eighty percent concentrate when we use concentrates. It's just funny to me because like that is exactly what you look for in today's day and age, and you guys were doing that. What year did Way come out? 2016, 2015? I, I, I was just looking. We have an yeah. article that we wrote February of 2015. So yeah, like at that point, a lot of people were blending, you know, the 34s and the 50s and stuff in with the 80 to give it more rich texture. You guys were making exactly what, you know, without going to an isolate, that's the best you can do. Yeah. So Animal Way, I think we actually use isolate and concentrate it's a 50 50 blend wow we, okay we need to do a better job of actually saying that because i think people think tend to think it's expensive but it's actually a 50 50 blend where you get you're getting um the 90 percent isolate and then the 80 percent especially in that case it's, actually, it's sort of like yeah. a, a higher end i guess you could say of the the blends yeah like it's for me like i consider 80s and isolates to be kind of like in that high class you know like if you really don't yeah. want lactose you go for the isolate but yep. wpc 80 is what i'm happy with because i won't have too much of an issue but if a lot of people see isolate and concentrate on the label they'll immediately think like oh that's isolate with a bunch of crappy concentrate added in for that milky texture uh the fact that you stuck to just isolate and concentrate it's just a testament to like it's just like that, of course that's what you would do that's but that's like for a brand built for results that's what you would do yeah, absolutely. We don't want to take any shortcuts or cut yeah, corners there. Absolutely. And we use it. Like <laughs> I don't want to use any of the 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 crappy stuff either. Yeah, so I think that's that's something people don't realize is that like uh well I don't think you've competed in a couple years, but uh it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Coming back, on, Ben. I'm coming back. <laughs> well, you did a an RPS meet, I think a couple months before my last RPS meet. I remember we were in the kind of the same circles. Two thousand nineteen um, was my last one. So I yeah, I 
mine was December of 2019. It was literally the last yeah. month before uh, powerlifting became really stupid. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I, 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 after 2020, I wasn't interested. But the yeah. the idea of like, uh, y- you you really do push the limits on this stuff. During 2020, you guys closed your corporate gym, and yeah, Mike, I don't know if you ever saw this, but Jason and his co- his employees around him made these cement plates. And they were lifting outside the whole year. Nice. That was a lot of fun. That, like, yeah, I can't even like 2020 was a blur now, but it's amazing that we had to shut the gym down just because we have employees from like different buildings. We have manufacturing. And so if there was a COVID case that would break out, like it would be devastating to uh, not only the employee, but also shut down production. So we had to, you know, put uh, a stop to the gym. And so it, we made weights outside. We started with like filling up jugs with water and then weighing them and like, oh, wow, we can get 40 pounds out of this jug. Okay, cool. And then there was a gentleman um, in Texas I found on Instagram, Sticks and Stone. Oh my God. He had these, uh, he had a tutorial on how to make the cement weights. And then he was selling the molds. And I'm like, you know what? I got to support this guy. This is freaking cool. This goes right with the outside gym. So yeah, I connected with him and he showed us how to like make the weights and we probably lifted those for a good year, year and a half. Even when the gyms opened back up, it was just so much fun to get out into like outside, like get outside and, you know, get that sunlight, um, which is so important, right? Got to get sunlight. It helped my mood so much. I got to get back out there. <laughs> it was really cool. And we still have the weights out there. Uh, it was but, just funny because you, yeah. you remember you doing like jumps and stuff and you have like a whole like, yeah, like. You're like kicking soccer balls out in the grass and stuff. Like it was, it was so like uplifting, you know, like in a time where it wasn't very happy and a lot of people weren't training, you were showing like, you, you know, you don't need a cable for tricep press downs. Like you can, you can be active and move. Didn't you guys lock one of your employees in the gym for like a month too? So, yeah, we had a, a challenge to Joe, Joseph Percher to see how long he could last in the gym. I don't remember what the outcome was. I think it was a few weeks, but could he live in the gym, you know, during (laughs) this crazy time, it's like in order to get access to the gym, we had to shut it down. And so we had the challenge to him. He was getting ready for a competition and it's like, could you live there? Because otherwise we got to keep it closed. But that was funny. Yeah. We, we tried to, you know, we tried to get creative with different ideas and stuff and see what, see what sticks. Cool. Well, I, I, I definitely have a couple of things that I want to follow up on, like the, the, the idea of getting into like your lab and doing some fun stuff, but yes. um, this has been really cool. I, I don't think I have any more questions or anything to really go through. So Mike, if, if you're all out, I'm good to close this out. No, yeah, I've had a blast. Thanks again, Jason. We <laughs> greatly appreciate you um, and the stories and everything. Feel free to let us know if there's anything else you want to mention. No, I, th- I thank you both for the time. Um, I follow, I followed, uh, I stalked Price Plow for years, just like you stalked us. <laughs> um, after, yeah, after we would meet at the shows, I would always go back and like, what is this website? What are they doing? And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, the feeling is mutual with you guys where I just have the utmost respect for what you do. You really put out fantastic information for consumers on ingredients, on the brands. Um, I love it. Absolutely love it. So thank you for the, the time and thank you for having me on. Thanks. Thank you so much so, too. Where can people find you on yeah. uh, Instagram and everything? Oh, Instagram. I am J dog D a W G X L J dog XL. You can find you, me there. 
you've had some great content. I, I want to shout out recently, you did a post about one of your original aminos that you created and how over the years you have used uh, specific studies. I actually, I would love to close out. Would you mind explaining uh, that, that that post that you did about how you used an original study that up oh, until yeah. now, like you were one of the first to use EAAs. I think it'd be a great thing to end on. Yes. Um, so at the time, this this was around right when I first started, there were studies that had come out from Tipton and Wolf for the original EAA studies. Um, at the time, there were only BCAA products in the marketplace, or your alternative was full spectrum amino acids, which are typically just like whey protein punched into a tablet. And so when I came across these studies with um, Phil, who was here at the time, um, we were blown away. Like the, the results, six grams of EAAs, like the results were really good. And so we came up with the concept of animal nitro, um, six grams of the exact study, six grams of EAAs. Our belief was that based on what we read in these studies was that they had to be uh, uncoupled, like they're uncoupled amino acids. So you don't want to throw anything in there with them. So you had to like, just take them alone. This was at the time, I know it's, it's gotten, um, it's improved from there where you can add stuff along with amino acids, but we were so literal at the time where you can only take any, these essential amino acids, uh, by themselves or with 35 grams of dextrose. So we followed these studies. We came out with animal nitro, which were capsules with pure EAAs in them. And then animal nitro G, which was basically the powder version of the six gram of EAAs plus 35 grams of dextrose. And so that, that was kind of cool. That was like my first uh, product launch. And it was like, wow, this was ahead of its time. No one was doing essential amino acids. I want to say for years, like, I don't remember seeing in a, another like popular EAA until many years later. I don't think they became a thing. Maybe you guys know better than me, but uh, essential amino acids weren't a thing until 10 plus years later. It was always BCAAs. So it was cool to kind of like be ahead of the curve with that one. And that's your juiced aminos now as well, pretty much, right? And then, yeah, we have the juiced aminos as well, which uh, is more of an evolved formula that has the six gram of EAAs plus additional strength ingredients. To me, it's just cool that, you know, you started that out so early and it's still, a you know, EAAs are a huge thing right now. Um, totally. But- Back then, there was no one doing that. I guess you'd have to see Controlled Labs Purple Wrath, I think, was an EAA at at some point in that timeline. They Which did. They, yeah, that was what I, I was remember. Back it in, didn't have every yeah. amino acid. I think it was missing tryptophan or something like that. Okay. So. Yes. All right. But yeah. That's yeah so, trip. like nitro, yeah, we probably should give more props to nitro, huh? Yeah. I, yeah. At the time, these studies were done without tryptophan because there was an issue with tryptophan way back before that product where I think there was a bad batch in Japan that was made and some people died from it because it was contaminated. The ingredient during the processing was contaminated. So it was banned for, I don't, until, I don't remember what year, 2010, 2012. We'd have to fact check that to uh, double check. But yeah, so the original studies didn't have um, tryptophan in them. They were actually done with Ah. added, I want to say niacin and B6. Gotcha. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, So your original didn't have tryptophan then? So to this day, nitro doesn't have tryptophan. We are coming out with juiced aminos that's going to have tryptophan in it. But the original EAA studies didn't have tryptophan, and we wanted to stay true to those with nitro. 
Yeah, I just did I, a I quick like search list. for a site colon forum.bodybuilding.com looking at um, the phrase animal nitro. I got one result from 2004 here. So that's that's our, yeah, that's, that's impressive. I mean, that's so it could be even earlier. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. I think we put it together in like 2003 when I, a little after I nice. started. That's incredible. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it's been awesome talking with you and, and, and learning about all this. Uh, I I, th- I think a lot of times, like I, I just like talking about the old stuff with, with self so to me, it was like the, the golden days, but it's cool to yeah. get it all recorded. So thank you so much for your time, Jason. Yeah. Thank you guys both again. I really appreciate it.